This episode of An Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Sparkle Girl, handmade geek-inspired crafts and accessories. Meet Sparkle Girl Jen and Artist Sally at Toronto Comic-Con March 20th, 21st, and 22nd at the Metro Toronto Convention Center and visit sparklegirl.ca. Yo, this is Greg Capullo, man, and you're listening to Elegant Weapon. And you know who the biggest elegant weapon is? I can't tell you where it's located, but it's uh, got something to do with me. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer, and you don't want no part of this shit. An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. This is a journey into sound. Welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 139. My name is Ross Jedi J. The Jedi Ross, please excuse me while I flick my bick. Oh, hey, listen, try this. I told my weed guy to step it up and he gave me that. What is it? It's called Mind Rape. It's actually pretty mellow. It doesn't sound very mellow. Well, he only had three other batches. Uh, Gorilla Panic, uh, They're Coming, They're Coming, and something called This Is Permanent. Come on, spark it up. Oh, yeah. Hello, Derek of Drunk on Comics Podcast. How are you? Good, Mr. J.M. Jedi Ross. Whatever (laughs) we're calling you today. (laughs) You got to mix it up a bit, you know? Yeah, Derek's here hanging out with me uh, while we uh, introduce a very fun show. This week, we have some guests uh, who dropped into the L5J studios via the virtual interwebs. Mr. Travis McIntyre and Mr. Stephen Sherrar of Up the River Comic from Source Point Press had an excellent conversation with these fellas, so I hope you guys are going to enjoy that, and I'm sure you will. But Derek's here. Uh, We're going to touch on a few things. Crazy, crazy breaking news as of like half an hour ago, Derek. Uh, Harrison Ford was just in a very serious plane crash. Really? Hadn't heard that one yet. He was in one of those little two-seater planes, you know, flying it himself, just him. And uh, he reported engine problems and tried to make it back to the airport, but he didn't make it, and he nosedived into the uh, one of the holes on a golf course. Four or five guys Ooh. rushed over, pulled him out of the plane in case it caught on fire, and there were a couple of doctors who happened to be there. Well, yeah, like it's a real tough odds to have doctors <laughs> on a golf course, right? If you want to crash a plane, you want to crash it onto a golf course. You know what I'm saying? So uh, they, I think that'd be the safest place. I would think so. So it turns out it was because they pulled him out, and uh, he had a really bad gash on his head. 
Uh, he was bleeding pretty seriously. He had a lot of skin missing, but he seemed to be awake and lucid and all right. And uh, that's as much information as we have. So Harrison Ford is having a killer year, man. He's busting legs, crashing planes. It's like I think he thinks he's actually indie now. Yeah, um, it, it, is it too soon to do the uh, get off my plane joke? <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't even thought of it. Bravo, sir. <laughs> so, uh, well, either way, uh, we wish him well. I think he's going to be okay. Um, but uh, that old bastard better start to take it easy, maybe. <laughs> uh, I do not believe that you watch Star Wars Rebels, right? No. Um, actually... It's funny because I just started watching Clone Wars. Oh, cool! Yeah, it's, like it's... I, I've I've never I've never watched any of them before, and uh, it was like a week or so ago I watched uh, like two episodes, and I'm like, all right, this is kind of cool. I'm glad you're liking it because it actually gets way better as it goes. Uh, the initial movie they had made of the Clone Wars to like introduce the series was really really. Like, I, it was a much younger audience it was directed for, right? But as the series went on, they kind of went more yeah. adult with it, and they got really good. Now, so this new Rebels show is like a step above that. It's very, very similar to the original trilogy. Uh, it's basically a ragtag group of Rebels being led by a Jedi who's in hiding. And uh, they find this kid who kind of becomes his Padawan because he's a... He's got force powers and stuff. So the whole the whole first season has been, of course, setting the stage, right? Meeting the characters and the ships and the weapons and this and that. And uh, it's been really, really exciting. The season finale was on Monday, okay? Uh, big, mm-hmm. big, crazy news happened. Big spoilers, kids, by the way. Through this first uh, season, there has been a character called Fulcrum. And Fulcrum has only appeared as a hooded hologram. And the big question is, who is Fulcrum? Well, it was finally revealed in the season finale that Fulcrum is, in fact, a grown-up Ahsoka Tano. What is that? Uh, that's the little girl Anakin's Padawan on The Clone Wars. Oh, okay. So I won't spoil The Clone Wars by telling you how her story ended off there, but obviously she didn't die. And nobody kind of knew what happened to her. But she has appeared to be one of the founding members of the Rebellion on the new show. So that's really exciting stuff because people have just been dying for the Clone Wars to come back. They love that show. And this kind of, you know, gives them a piece of that without having to go back to the old ways. You know what I mean? Yeah, now, it, fill me in because uh, you'll know more on this one than I will. But are the Clone Wars and Rebels, are all those considered canon? Yes, the cartoons are canon, yes. The only thing okay. the only thing left that is canon, it's really simple now actually, is the two trilogies, the Clone Wars, and Rebels. Everything okay. everything else has been taken off the table, but they are about to well, sorry, the new comic books from Marvel are also canon, but they're just starting, so you know. Yeah. Now, what so so like the uh, the 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 droids cartoon that that's not counting from no. like way back today and and the Ewok Christmas special <laughs> that that doesn't count. The Star Wars Holiday Special. 
those were two separate it's things, not... Derek. <laughs> well, yeah, but like those those were those were really pivotal. I thought. Hey, you know they you kept know? things going at a time. It was the only Star Wars we had was fucking Ewoks and <laughs> droids and B Arthur. Yeah. <laughs> we are the E E E E E it was really really exciting also at the very last scene of the rebels finale we get the new villain for next year and it is of course everyone's favorite dark lord of the sith mr darth vader so he's going to be a regular next year and that's badass that's who, very cool. Yeah, who doesn't love them some Vader, right? I don't think James Earl Jones is going to do him regularly, even though he did voice him in uh, the premiere episode of this season. And that was really cool to hear. So they're doing that. So far, they've brought back James Earl Jones. Uh, Frank Oz has done Yoda. And Billy D was just on as Lando. Nice. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was fun. He was a total scumbag, too. <laughs> Like they didn't play, <laughs> they didn't play him as a hero. They played him as that like original scumbag kind of thing. You know what I mean? Speaking of Billy D, did you? Okay, did I ever tell you when he was at Motor City Comic Con? Uh, this is probably like, it was actually it was four years ago when he was there, I believe. And you could go up and you could you know do the autographs like normal. But one of the other things that he had is he would record your outgoing voicemail message for you that's amazing and he had three different scripts there was one from that um like that jazz movie that he was in and i can't remember the name of it i'm blanking right now but it was like that 1920s kind of speakeasy <laughs> jazz yeah. movie yeah he had that he had a script where he was lando and he had a script for colt 45 <laughs> and had i you know it I, I'm my job. I, I have to use my, my day job. I have to use my cell phone on a regular basis. So I have to have a somewhat professional voice message on there. Had I not, I would have paid the money. I don't know what he was charging, but it was so simple. Like it was something like, yeah, this is Billy D Williams. You called Derek's phone, but he can't talk right now. Cause we're enjoying a nice cold foot. Five <laughs> miles. Of so it. why don't you give him some time to chill out and he'll get back to you when we're done with this nice cold 45 and remember it works every time oh. you know like he had his little scripts up there and i'm like my god that is brilliant that is brilliant <laughs> oh, so that's fantastic yeah man. i would love more people should do that that's actually a really smart idea to you know you don't actually have to sign anything all day you just gotta talk <laughs> Yeah. It's like hey, an audio signature, for, right? <laughs> yeah, 50 bucks for 15 seconds of, of my time. Thanks. You know. Batman. Number 39. Uh, All right. I don't think you read Batman regularly. I, no, I do not. Now, have you seen the cover for this? Not off the top of my head. Oh, like I, it, there's, there's nothing about it, but let me... Uh, I, I might be able to get it with the power of the internets. If you have the power of the internets and through the gray skullness, you can bring that up. It is beautiful. It's it's stunning. It's uh, it's basic. It's basically it's the Joker sitting on a pile of bodies that have been uh, Joker-fied, 
and he's just laughing and he's crushing a bat in his hand and there's little spurts coming out but it's just capullo at his simplest and finest this issue is amazing yeah that is a fantastic cover it's it's gold the joker's been back and they just went through a bit of an arc called endgame and it's Okay, everybody knows, and it's been general knowledge, that Snyder and Capullo have been killing Batman since the beginning of the New 52. And I mean killing in a good way, of course, as in wicked good. And it's, it's, it's just been pivotal, it's been amazing, it's been just, it's like their masterpiece. It's, it's work that, even though I'm sure they're going to continue to do work on their own, separate, whatever, in the future, and I know they're young guys, but this is going to be something that's special. Uh, it, it's back to kind of how they started things. We went through, they went through the whole zero year, which is really cool. Cause that was their take on the, on Batman's origin. So they did an entire year's worth of issues that were the beginning of Batman. And then the second that ends, they just jump right back into the style they were doing at the very beginning of the new 52. And it's, it's just so good. It's, <laughs> I hate talking about Snyder and Capullo cause it's hard to get specific because every bit of it is good, you know? Like, yeah. Like, there's so many moments that they just nail together. And if, if you've been reading Batman, you know what I'm talking about. But if you haven't been reading Batman, and if you're a Marvel kid, and you've always stayed away from the DC or the New 52, please just give Batman a chance because these this team is really doing something special right now that I think is going to be remembered for a long time. Um, it, it, all around, of course, the art and of course you got a brilliant artist in Capullo, you got a brilliant writer in Snyder. But once in a while, when you take these people and you get these certain teams like Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams, you know, just the classics from the past. You get these people, and sometimes something just incredible comes out of it. And every issue, every panel, every color, every, uh, you know, I actually, I should shout out that too, because uh, the cover and the colors and the lettering, uh, it was inked by Danny Mickey, and the color was by FCO Placentia. I hope I'm saying that right. Mm -hmm. um, but just just everything it's just it's it's the top of the game of all of these people and i whether they stay at it or not they'll have always always reached this peak and i am biased because i'm a huge batman fan but this comic book just it reads like shakespearean you know what i mean it's there's so many layers to scott snyder's writing that you can you can stare at one little panel and just have so many different ways of interpreting that panel you know what i mean well, you know, and, and I I don't know exactly how Scott Snyder, like, at least as far as Batman, I don't know if he got to pick who, like, if he got to pick Capullo no. or if he had any say in that. Not at all. Um, they didn't get along okay. at all in the beginning. They both worked very differently and had to work very hard to find a groove for a bit. Wow. Yeah, that's – because – you look at that, you look at the wake that he did for Vertigo, which technically is also DC, uh, with Sean Gordon Murphy, and you look at what he's doing on Witches with uh, Jock from Image Comics, and Snyder is a, he's a fucking magician yeah. in his ability to t tell a story through comics, and however it is that he's able to pull these artists in, 
whether they're assigned to him or he or he sits down and pitches the idea to them or or you know it's like the artists come to him and say hey I want to work with you whatever it is he is he's just brilliant he really is I mean I that that dude he he's going to be a legend you know I mean like people look back 30 40 years from now on what he did and he's going to be one of those names that will stick out like you know no other in in my opinion i completely agree and i think the batman run is one of those cases where sometimes it's very hard to find an artist who just basically has the skill and the capability to translate some of the things these guys write like you know sometimes it can be very obvious that the connection is just not there you know in certain comic books before we wrap up this little how do you do we got to talk a little bit about motor city comic con because i have a serious concern derek uh what <clears throat> that you won't have enough money uh no i'm not too worried about that because i've been a saving okay um why what do i need money for now you got me all nervous <laughs> Uh, cause like half of the walking dead cast is there. <laughs> uh, there's a shit ton of really good comic creators there. Uh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Well, here's my thing. I don't understand how this is going to occur because I, it's still in Novi, right? It's at the suburban show place there. Suburban. Yep. The sur- yeah, suburban collection show place. Yes. Now yes. I don't see how they possibly f- plan to fit like over a thousand guests <laughs> into that building plus the crowds. Okay. Cause that's what it feels like at this moment. Well, I have never heard I'm of a comic con to... with this many guests. I don't think I ever have every day. They're like, kabam, kabam. Well, okay. Now here's one of the coolest things about motor city. They announce every single person that has a table there, like from artist alley. So, whether it's, you know, somebody like like Jim, who is an up and coming artist, you know, he's a local guy. You know, you've got a, you know, you've got other guys from Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois that are traveling up there that they're going to pay for their own table. The great, one of the things I love about Motor City is that they treat them and they give them the same kind of announcement that they do for. Neil Adams or, you know, yeah. uh, Todd Nock or any of those other guys. As did that are Drunk com- on Comics received its little moment in the sun yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's and I mean, cool. it's, it, I think it's awesome because, I mean, and, and that's one of the reasons why I love this show. I mean, they had 44,000 people there last year, you know, which that's considering, I think, three years ago, they were like, like maybe around 18, 19, you know, for attendance. The, the thing I love about this show is that it, it it's big enough to where you can bring in some great names, but it still has that small convention feel where everybody's friendly. This is a giant family, you know. And, yeah, and, dude, but, come on. Okay, 41 media guests. Yeah. Okay? That is insane. Uh, Fan Expo maybe has 20, 25, 41. And this isn't, and I'm not counting kids. I'm not counting the exhibitors or Artist Alley or I'm talking your media guests, your people who are on television, like the movie celebrity guests, 41 people. What this tells me is that this con is gaining a reputation 
within the celebrity community as well. That, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's obvious that these people have heard that it's a good con. They get treated well. It's good times, blah, blah, blah. And I don't see any other way that they get 41 of these high caliber media guests. This show is going to be absolutely insane. I cannot it's, wait. It's going to be May, nuts. Oh, is it May 14th or is it 16th? Which one is exactly? 15th through the 17th, I believe. Right. And that it's at the Suburban Show case show down plinko what <laughs> you've been listening to my show too much suburban collection show place and you can check uh you can check all the details out for yourself at motorcitycomiccon.com awesome good so. times and while you're at it pop over to drunkoncomics.com this is going to be my conversation with mr travis mcintyre who as we said is the writer of a book called up the river which you can find on Kickstarter right now at Up the River. Uh, my conversation, though, involves as the second man, Mr. Stephen Sharar, who is the artist on Up the River. So uh, here we go. We are continuing along on our An Elegant Weapon uh, Michigan-themed adventure that seems to be going on the, the past month or so. Uh, another fantastically fun conversation. These guys were super cool. I can't wait to hook up and talk a little more in person at Motor City Comic Con. But before that happens, March 21st, Metro Toronto Convention Center, Toronto Comic Con 2015. There's going to be a whole bunch of good guests there too. I'll be wandering around, gorilla potting in my gorilla way. So say hello. Check out Sparkle Girl Jen, Sean Daly, Anthony Rutgazer. All our friends and family are going to be there. All the usual suspects. Derek, it was good times. Always a pleasure, brother. Enjoy the conversation with Travis and Stephen up the river, Source Point Press. Yo, dig it right now. Here it comes. Here it is right now. Here we go. There. Basically, last year, I attended Motor City Comic Con. Uh, it was my first time going stateside for a Comic-Con because I'm up here in Toronto. Oh, right on. And uh, got invited down to do some press uh, with my boys Drunk on Comics podcast. Yep. And I've uh, been tight with those fellas for a while, so I thought I'd go down and check out you know, the Michigan scene. Ended up having an absolutely amazing time. Uh, easily one of the best con weekends I've ever experienced. And during that con weekend, I met a wonderful couple by the name of Joshua and Bree Werner. And Josh is... I've one heard of, of them. Have you? Yeah, I, their they name sound, gets around a little. Sound familiar. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and uh, we had a good time hanging out. We actually went to dinner one night, had a very spirited Star Wars conversation. It was good times. And uh, Joshua, being one of the cohorts behind Sourcepoint Press... Uh, out of Michigan there, basically said, hey, I know this guy Travis doing this book. You want to chat? And I said, heck yeah, because pretty much everything I've experienced out of Michigan has been pretty damn good so far. I don't know what it is you guys got in the water down there, but uh, how did you guys come about all this? How did you guys get hooked up with those kids? Oh, geez, how did we meet Josh? Um, 
we start I uh, about a year ago Steve and I founded a group called the Michigan Comics Collective uh, which is a nonprofit publisher uh, that we we do anthologies and uh, holy some, some... shit sorry I didn't realize I was getting all this I thought I was getting a writer like I know all these organizations all of a sudden you're involved with <laughs> so all of a sudden bam I'm getting a little bit of snake oil and a little bit of Michigan Co Michigan Comics Collective as well so uh, sorry go on <laughs> uh, so it it, uh, it was well over a year ago now. We just had our yeah. one year anniversary. Yeah. Uh, we met in December, November, I think. Oh, but we actually November, met way, way before that because oh, yeah. I had come yeah. into the shop before. But you treated me like shit because you thought I was a normal well, customer. Yeah. Yeah. I think you were a couple pounds later then. That's, yeah, I, I don't. That's why I didn't recognize you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So He's, was I. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, Steve owns a, owns a comic store in Saginaw, um, and uh, he's an artist, um, and we, we kind of had a, like a little uh, community of different artists and people who were interested in putting out comics, and we thought, oh, you know, a cool thing would be to do would be if we made like a little short anthology of a bunch of little comic shorts, and, and we've got this store here that we could sell them at. And, you know, we're friends with some of the guy who owns a store in Bay City, and we're friends with the guy who owns a store in Midland, which are right nearby, and I bet they would sell it too. And that'll be a fun little easy, cheap thing to do. And there were like six of us. And then yep. uh, so we were like had a meeting, and everybody was like, yeah, this sounds great. <clears throat> and then uh, it was like, yeah, t tell anybody that you know who wants to come. And the next meeting there was like 16 people. And the next one, there was 25 people. And then there was like 37 people. Damn. Uh, so it just started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then it was, uh, okay, we're going to make this a nonprofit. This is obviously going to be a much bigger thing. We're going to try to tie ourselves into with some Michigan-based art charities. Um, and I ultimately met Josh through that uh, because we, we started you know, putting out on social media. We built the Facebook page and the Twitter and all that kind of thing. And just started putting out information about it. And all of a sudden, we had this uh, small press publisher who was, like, retweeting everything we were saying. Um, <clears throat> and we, I thought that was really cool, and I'd never heard of them before. So, uh, you know, I'm a guy who I, I will always try to – I always try to be the guy who um, who did the nice thing for you first. You know, so uh, <laughs> the first thing I do is, I, you know, I go to their website and I buy one of everything that they have. You know, and, uh, you know, they send me this package with this really nice note and all that they've signed everything and, and all this stuff. And I'm reading through and, I, you know, I'm like this stuff. Oh, this is really, really cool. And so then I sent a direct message to Josh being like, hey, I got the package. It was really cool, blah, 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 blah. And then that was kind of how we started talking was online. Um, and then uh, several months later, they were doing a signing at a store in Dearborn called Green Brain Comics. And uh, I drove down there to meet him in person. And then uh, from there, they kind of really got involved in some of the Michigan Commons Collective stuff that we had going um, and helped us uh, sort of get into uh, get our name and our stuff into a lot of the stores in the Detroit area because using their kind of network that they had built up and just kind of combined <clears throat> what we both had going. And it seemed like it worked. And then as we become better and better friends, eventually I was like, you know, I've got this uh, comic that I self-published you know, about a year ago, you know, what, what do you guys think? And, uh, you know, they were like, well, we really like the story, but we, we really don't like the art. Um, you know, how would you feel about having, you know, some, somebody else, you know, we'll redo the art and then we'll publish it. And, and then I was like, okay, you know, um, what do you, th what do you think about Steve's art? And, you know, of course, everybody always loves Steve's art. So we went, move forward with that. 
and that's how Up the River came to be and came to be in SourcePoint Press. Gotta love it. <clears throat> Gotta love a good origin story. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I watched your guys' video for Up the River for the Kickstarter there. Uh, congratulations on getting funded, by the way. You're already at one 100% and climbing still, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was really nice. I mean, anytime you you do any kind of crowdfunding or you launch anything, it's always it's kind of nerve wracking, you know. So you launch it and then you you sit and of course you're hoping like when's the first one gonna hit, you know, when's it gonna when's it gonna start and then and then it goes. But our, you know, our, we funded in the fifty third hour, yeah. so we were like, you know, it's just this it's kind of like a huge relief where you're like, oh, and I'm sitting at home and uh, every five minutes. Here I get messages from Travis. Oh, we haven't had anything in the last ten minutes. We haven't had anything in the last ten minutes. I hear that a lot. <laughs> well, it's 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 nerve wracking, you know. It's, and then it goes up really fast for a while, and you're like, oh, we're gonna, you know. So when you hit when you hit that the goal, which generally you try to set as low as possible, you know, that's like your minimum. You're like, oh, thank God, no matter what, this is happening. And everything after that, you know, is 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 just great. So we're really excited and. Uh, you know we're going to be able to move forward with it, and SourcePoint's excited, and they're putting everything they've got behind it. Well, you gotta, you're, you guys asked for a very reasonable amount too. You asked, you asked for the obvious amount that you would need to do what you said you were going to do. You know, it's, uh, it's always a little easier. And you guys had a very good presentation too. I really enjoyed your video there, and uh, the art looks great. I mean, the book looks fantastic. It's a super cool idea. And uh, Steve, you were mentioning about the art there in the video that uh, hmm. your early 90s influences like Mark Silvestri and Jim Lee. And the second you said that, I was like, oh, absolutely. The book totally looks that way. Well, thank uh, you. <laughs> those, those bright popping characters, you know. What right, I mean? right. Yeah, I mean, that's that's, you know, that's what I grew up reading. Um, you know, just that's when I started to get into comics in the <clears throat> that early formation of image. And, you know, even now I look back and look back at those old uncanny X-Men issues that Mark Silvestri and Jim Lee did and, um, I mean, I really think that was the the peak of their art career. Um, yeah, that's that's when their art looked best to me, and uh, that's just kind of you know the direction my artwork has always gravitated towards. Um, you know, so I'm trying to kind of bring a little bit of that element to uh, to the book. Um, I think it's working so far. I, th I think it fits the story well. So, Sean Seal did the colors, yeah. Yep, uh, yeah. Sean is a is a is a guy from uh, from Bay City, Michigan. Um, he's a uh, graphic artist by trade, and uh, <clears throat> he's really been a, a amazing find. He's just yeah. this like completely insane, crazy person uh, <laughs> living <not> in <laughs> no living in Bay City, who is this amazing painter, who is also happens to be a complete computer nerd who loves doing you know, digital art and, and all this other stuff. And, you know, he's just showing you stuff he's, he does. And, and you're like, this guy has no idea how good he really is and that he could, you know, he should completely be getting paid a huge amount of money. Let's get him to do something for us for yeah. as little money as possible before he figures <laughs> it out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and he's been, it's, it's hard to find. Um, Cause you know, like uh, the, the coloring by hand is you know people don't really do it anymore and modern printing being the way it is it just doesn't end up looking that good so digital coloring is really what everybody's doing to make a professional looking book and it's hard to find a, a good digital colorist um who really knows what they're doing and 
can really add shape and depth and and paint with light uh you know make everything look right it's difficult to find and when you find them it's generally very very expensive and they have very little time because they're really booked up so uh, we really really lucked out with sean well, the so colors we to... are sorry. The colors are very complimentary to the artwork. You know, like you did a fantastic job, and you're right. It is the colorists always seem to be jam packed with work. <laughs> yeah, that's why we try to book him with as much stuff as we possibly can, so he, right. he doesn't have a chance to work with anyone else. Yeah, that's <laughs> actually the plan. I just keep keeping him busy with things Hoard so that him. no one else ever like approaches him and is like, "Dude, how come you're not getting paid two hundred fifty dollars a page?" And he's gonna be like, "Hey, what do you, what do you mean two hundred fifty dollars a page?" <laughs> And, I mean, I'm not even going to tell him we were on this podcast because I don't even want to. Hear, I don't even want him to hear this stuff. I just want him to stay in his weird cave in Bay City. Uh, I, I'm familiar with Sean on Twitter there, so I know. A bit oh of, no! I know a bit of his character. Yeah. Everyone's familiar with Sean on Twitter. You gotta love those artists out there, though. When you find them, and you're like, "How are you not like monstrous?" I felt that way. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Ryan Lee. <clears throat> Ryan Lee is a is a Michigan artist there. He does a book called The Naturals and he's just phenomenal. Just a mind-blowing artist and he's one of those people with like a raw raw talent whatever he's drawing like not just comic books and uh it always amazed me how this guy isn't picked up and this guy isn't more well known and just recently he did in fact get picked up and he's going to be doing some work for Marvel on Inhumans. And I was oh, just cool. like oh Finally, like someone woke up and realized how good this guy was, you know. Is he from is he from Flint? I'm not sure. I don't want to say 100% because I get all you guys confused. I've met so many people from Michigan now, all I feel. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, there's a guy uh from there's a guy from Midland that I ran into him at the Midland store and you know, we got talking. He's like, "Yeah, my grandson uh, is because uh, Ryan Stegman is yes. the guy. He did Amazing Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and uh, he did. Um, he's doing Wolverine. Right he's now. doing Inhumans right yeah. now. And uh, the guy was like, "Yeah, he he just got a job at Marvel. He lives in Flint, and he's uh, he's doing Inhumans." And I was like, "Wait, Ryan? I was like Ryan Stegman." That's who I thought yeah. that, that that he meant. Right. I was like, Ryan Stegman doesn't live in Flint, so yeah. maybe this guy is the guy he was talking about. Very That'd well, be a crazy coincidence. could be. Yeah, it's probably most likely Ryan Lee, and uh, but he's oh, you guys got to check him out. He's just I could go on about him, but whatever. But yeah, there's something about Michigan there that there's just there's so much talent. We I've been lucky enough to have Mr. Sted segment on the show a couple times there, and it's. It's cool for him because, I mean, he's almost taking this, like, godfatherly stature within Michigan because there's so much rising art coming out of there, you know, and so so many people are looking up to him these days because he's just killing it, you know? Yeah, he's he's been great, man. He, um, for the, the Michigan Comics Collective uh, Volume 2, he's doing a splash page in it for us. Uh, I mean, cool. he's been really great. He's really supportive, and he's a really nice guy. Um, I mean, he's been helping us. Uh, publicize the Kickstarter, and uh, I mean, from a from a guy who's kind of an established pro, you know, it's really cool. It's really cool that he is, you know, so uh, invested in in the community, you know, in this region, because that's something that a lot of us around here have been trying to do is, you know, kind of be like, you know, the days of like if you want to make comics, you have to move to New York City. I mean, those those days are over. Far you know, you over. Don't... Absolutely. You don't have to do that. Like you can make awesome shit right here with the people that you know, 
you know, and and that's what we should be doing. <clears throat> uh, that being said, you know, good. I'm perfectly happy that Ryan gets, has get has his Marvel gig. Oh, and I, I hope he has it for a long. <laughs> I hope he has it for a long time. But uh, it is awesome that he's been so supportive. Well, speaking and also he's very tall. He is fucking tall, eh? It's, it was, it's creepily tall. It's... I met him the first few times I met him was at Fan Expo here in Toronto, and he was sitting behind his table every time. So I'd spoken to him and met him briefly maybe two or three times before actually getting to hang out with him at Motor City, and I saw him for the first time not sitting behind a table. And I was like, but you bah. <laughs> like, just you're face a, to face. Yeah, you're a crotch. <laughs> yeah. Giant. He's, he's yeah. scarily tall. It's a, it's a real problem. Because he's got, kind of got that top. baby face that when you see him sitting down, you wouldn't expect him to be a mammoth of a man. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's good. To, but speaking also... of uh, professional support, uh, also a good friend of the show, Mr. Mark McKenna is lending you a little as well, I believe. Uh, yeah, he's doing inks on all the covers. Um, we met him at Grand Con, and uh, his table happened to be next to ours, and we just sort of ended up chatting the whole weekend because it was a little bit of a slow con. Uh, I mean, it was incredibly fun, um, but it was a little bit a little bit slower, not a, not a massive amount of traffic. So we ended up kind of chatting the whole time, and then you know we go out for drinks and dinner, and then the next day we go out for drinks and dinner, and and we kind of developed a, a, a like a real friendship with Mark, and it was it was fantastic. And then um, you know he he went back to uh, New York, and we kind of or is it Eastern Pennsylvania? I can't remember uh, exactly he where in, he lives. He lives in New York. And, yeah, New York yeah. or Eastern Pennsylvania, wherever it's he. It's like lives. it's like New York region or some kind of thing, you know. He's yeah, not, he's not um, like in the city or anything, but yeah. And, and we kind of ended up just uh, staying in touch, you know, through Facebook and Twitter and whatnot, and and. Uh, you know, at one point he wanted to change printers, and so we were like, "Well, this printer, this Michigan printer that we use, does fantastic work, and their prices are very reasonable." And he contacted him, and then you know we were able to help facilitate that relationship. And um, you know, kind of when this project was going along, we started to send him some pages. You know, like, "Hey, what do you what do you think about this? What can we improve?" And he was extremely helpful. And then um, just at one point, he was like. Uh, you know, if you want, I'd be happy to ink. Uh, I'd be happy to ink, ink a cover for you. And you know, what are you going to say when the <laughs> guy who's inked, you know, everyone, covers, yeah, <laughs> everybody that there is. You, I mean, you're not going to be like, nah, dude, we're good. <laughs> Steve, Steve only likes to ink his own stuff. I wish no. you could ink the whole. Well, thing and the, the crazy thing we've is got the original, standards. Okay, <laughs> the original cover was actually already done. Mm-hmm. But then when McKenna was like, and I'll leave a cover for you, Steve was like, I'll just draw a new cover. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that thing. We'll just and gonna... the, new, the new cover is beautiful. Sorry, yeah. you're getting bumped cover. <laughs> he knocked it out of the park, man. McKenna was amazing. Uh, so, yeah, and then and then I ended up asking him, hey, man, I mean, we're going to do – we're going to do through seven issues for this first arc. Will you, will you ink all the covers? And he was like, yeah, sure. So, <laughs> nice. you know, that was a huge thing for us and it was incredibly generous. And then, um, he, he managed to help us, uh, kind of hook us up with the, the guys who put on uh, Boston comic con. And, uh, now we're going uh, out as Mac- like McKenna's, well, you know, we're sharing a table with McKenna at Boston this oh, year. Oh, damn, that'll be uh, nice. At least the book out there. So, yeah, I mean, it's um, I mean, he's he's another guy that, uh, and the comic business is is in some ways the same as every other creative business, and in some ways a lot different. And one of the ways it's a lot different is that, 
is that a, a, you run into a lot of guys who you know have have been in the business and have all the connections and and they're they're just willing to lend a hand you know as opposed to sort of trying to like jealously protect their spot they're just like yeah man let's see what you can do <laughs> yeah there's such a difference you see out there like some guys they don't even want to look at you and then there's other guys that like mark who are they're they're not just fans of art. You meet a lot of artists who are fans of art, fans of drawing, and fans of comics, so they kind of went that way. But I've never met an artist like Mark who's as big a geeky fanboy as he is an artist, you know? Like, <laughs> like this guy's cupboards are full of superhero glassware. You know what I mean? Like, it's no joke for Mark McKenna. And he's yeah. always willing to just spill stories. He loves to talk about the, the industry and... You know what he's done and just share stuff he's so awesome that way yeah he's great and he he's got a an embarrassingly large toy collection too because <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if it's because he gets sent like free shit or if he goes out of his way to get it but like i've seen him post like a giant a picture of a giant pile of toys and ask if anybody wanted them because they were doubles <laughs> and well, you're he, like oh man he is a big uh con you're 50 year 50 year old man what are you doing with all these action figures he is a big contourist though like he gets around like you can meet uh you can meet mark at a lot of cons and i like that uh he's starting to kind of try to take advantage of it like he just went down uh south america can't remember where he was it might have been brazil i think and uh, Costa Rica, I thought. Was it, it Costa Rica? Yeah, yeah. And he basically yeah. turned it into like a mini not. vacation for himself. Yeah. Well, why not? <laughs> yeah, right? talking I mean, comics. Yeah, I'm going to go down times. four days earlier and, you know, yeah. I'll cover my own hotel for those days and take my wife. I mean, that's awesome for him. <laughs> so um, cool. <laughs> but just to, just to toot his horn a, a little, just a little bit more. Um, not that I want to spend too much time not tooting my own horn. <laughs> but uh, the, an amazing thing about McKenna is that he's been in the industry for 30 years. Uh, the cover that he did for us is actually his 200th published cover. That's amazing. Um, you know, and he's he's kind of moved beyond the point where he's getting a ton of work from the big two and, and all of that. And instead of sort of retiring to the con scene and whatnot, like a lot of guys do when they kind of get to that point, um, McKenna was just like, well, I'm just going to reinvent myself and I'm going to now write and uh, run a small publishing group and I'm going to do my own creative, you know, my own uh, creator own books. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to do a children's book. So, so, you know, he's pushed out Combat Jacks, which has been, you know, has, has been getting diamond distributed and is all over the country. And he's been doing the Banana Tales children's book, which is which is all over the place. So my kid loves Banana Tale. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, well, the very first time I met him, one of the first things he asked me is like, do you have any kids? And I'm like, yeah, I've got two boys, you know, one's two and one's not yet one. And they're both terrorists. And, it, <laughs> you know, he just like handed me two Banana Tales books like, here you go. Uh, <clears throat> so I, I like to me, I think that's that's really, really cool that, you know, he uh, you know, he just he's so into the into comics and into the industry that, you know, he's like, well, you know, my time, you know, maybe drawing Green Lantern is, has come to a close, but I'm just going to completely reinvent everything I do and I'm do this. Still having fun. Completely right? new shit. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, enough about you, Mark McKenna. Um, yeah. Let's it talk about this McKenna. damn story here, because this uh, the story up the river is really intriguing, uh, the different genres and ideas you guys have taken and mashed together here. So do tell. Uh, so it kind of got started. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to write something, uh, that 
was is encompassed a, a lot of ideas in comics that I I really like, but sort of mixed with um, sort of old fashioned Americana literature that I, that I hadn't really seen before. Um, so it kind of became this thing of I want to write uh, Huckleberry Finn because I love Mark Twain, and <clears throat> and then it was and then it was just sort of like building blocks. Like okay, I want it to be there's a post apocalyptic world and uh, the, there's been some environmental terrorism that caused this to happen, and uh, you know it's Huckleberry Finn, so I got to have some people on a boat, and uh, in this case it's a Poison River, and as they travel along they're going to meet all these different people and they're all going to sort of you know follow that story and then uh so you, you kind of are working on this and you're coming up with scenes and you're doing all this stuff and suddenly it dawns on you like i don't really have any reason for anybody to do anything i don't have any kind of plot whatsoever and uh, and when that kind of happened i started thinking of all the different trying to come up with some kind of reasonable way for the characters to to leave their homes and and do this thing and uh, what i ended up settling on was um that their that their father had been murdered and they had witnessed it, but they they never knew why or the circumstances that caused it to happen, and so they uh, they embark on this journey because they they think they found a clue uh, that they have to travel to find the meaning of it. Um, and the, the the story is essentially uh, two kids uh, traveling through a very dangerous world. Um kind of uh trying to sort of solve their dad's secret identity now <laughs> it sounds like a fun adventure um I, I i personally was a huge fan of the twain books when i was a kid i read a lot of classic novels when i was younger i'm i'm a big reader and uh i, I love those books tom tom sawyer and huck finn and i've it's never crossed my mind to kind of mess with those stories in any way so that's why i'm personally intrigued i mean it's something that i happen to be into so i'm looking forward to reading this book now when you get handed something like that steve are you like (laughs) what the hell (laughs) like post apocalyptic (laughs) like post apocalyptic like riverboats what (laughs) and Uh, because I know, you know the original art was there. You kind of redid the original art. So did that kind of lend it? Did you take anything from that, or just kind of completely um, scrap out? No, I didn't. I didn't completely scrap it. Um, you know, some of the the ideas for the the character designs and whatnot, I I pretty much kept intact. Um, you know, I thought they they were good. They fit the characters well. Um, I did. I I slightly tweaked some things here and there. Uh, you know, redesigned the boat a little bit. Um, you know, kind of kind of redesign the world slightly but not too much i mean it's a post-apocalyptic world so you know what how how much can you really change it you know from one guy's vision to the next um without being too drastic uh so i mean a big chunk of it was already there i just kind of built off of it um which did make it quite a bit easier um I had enough work uh, breaking down Travis's script as it was. Uh, <laughs> well, you got issue. all you have all twenty one issues planned out, do you not? Uh, yeah, actually, it's, it's crazy. <clears throat> it's fairly <laughs> meticulous. I mean, I didn't want to come to this without knowing. Um, so, if, if you've ever listened to Snake Oil Comics, uh, something I I harp on and complain about constantly is things that outlast their welcome. 
Um, I think it happens a lot. Uh, like, like the TV show Lost, I think, is a perfect example. Oh, uh, don't I think bring it, up I, that I, heartache, man. I think it went too long. I think it, it got to the point, you know, it, I think it lost its lost its heart. Um, I think, like, the, the sci-fi show, which I absolutely adore, Battlestar Galactica, I, I think it... I think that they should have wrapped it up earlier. Um, it, comic books, I think, are often uh, bad uh, offenders of this. Um, that they just they go a little bit too long, and maybe it's a it's a symptom of their own success, in which it's like, well, man, we're printing money right now. Uh, keep keep coming up with more stuff. And other times, I think maybe. Um, Maybe the uh, the writer starts off and doesn't have a super clear idea of exactly where this is going and exactly how it's going to wrap up and and you know so they sort of develop as they go and I, I could be completely wrong I don't I don't necessarily know what other people's processes are uh, but for me I wanted it to be something that had a clearly delineated beginning and a clearly delineated ending um, so I basically uh, scripted out 21 issues. Um, you know, so everything this this the story has an end. Like you're going to come to it, and and that's it. It's 21 issues long. It is three seven issue story arcs. Uh, you know, each story arc is its own little mini 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 story within the overarching, you know, mythos of the world. Very fun, very fun indeed. Sean, you were saying in the or sorry, Steve, you're saying in the uh, in the video also how much fun it is to take all these different genres and get to mash them into kind of one world. I, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say like, uh, is that basically like a doodle dream come true? You know? Yeah, it really is. I get a chance to draw a little something of everything. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of like classic superhero uh, books and, and Travis, Travis really is not, a big fan of that so uh this is probably the closest he's ever going to get to writing a uh a story where there are superheroes involved um but the superhero element is 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 not a huge part of it um it's yeah it's really it's just... really like a, a a window dressing sort of background thing it was it, it became kind of the uh it became kind of the uh the mechanism in which I hung the father's sort of secret identity uh, to, and also it, it kind of helps make the story work as a comic book. I think a, a yeah. little bit better because otherwise it would get awful, you know, it might get awful uh, pretentious pretty quickly. <laughs> if, you to, if you, you know, which I also wouldn't, I also wouldn't like because it's meant to be kind of a, you know, a fun mm -hmm. horror story. But, you know, if you try to go, try to get too literary in a comic book, I think you might, bordering on pretension have you uh, been writing comic books a while or did you start uh you know in other areas or has this always been kind of your focus was to write comic book stories uh the the first things i wrote were uh short mostly uh short stories and then uh so i went i went to college in, in kalamazoo uh which is where they had the kalamazoo animation festival which uh, now has become kind of a kind of a big deal like you know they have matt groining there and you know things like that but uh you know 15 years ago it was it was really small and <clears throat> i remember going to that and being like oh my god i have to write some cartoon shorts this is this is where it's at uh, so i kind of started trying to do things like that and um you know I, I graduated from college and i was like well i'm gonna i'm gonna try being a writer and then you know three months later i was like okay i'm gonna get a job <laughs> <clears throat> and uh 
you know, so I, I started, you know, working and then kind of writing in my spare time. And then uh, eventually the the job sort of turned into a career. And then and then uh, and then one day I was like, you know, I, I never really uh, I never really made that that animation that I really wanted to do, but I really love comic books. I'd, I'd really like to do some comics. So I started sort of churning out comic strips and I, I started with, uh, with shorts, you know, little eight page sorts of things. And then, uh, then this idea sort of started as a very, as a very short. And then I, I kind of, I really liked some of the things, the short never was made or anything, but I, I liked some of the things that were in it. So I, I really expanded it and that's what became up the river. Um, you know, and now now I've had uh, uh, quite a quite a few little little things here and there. I've got um, I've got some things in the pipe that are coming coming out, but uh, probably in the last three years is really when I kind of sat down and was like, well, you know, I can make time for to do this sort of thing, and you know, and have my my career in in science and all that kind of off to the side and uh, and try to enjoy this. It's a great time for that. It's uh, as the internet booms and things are so much easier to do online with different programs and and things like digital coloring. It's it's just changed the whole game how people can just create themselves and put it out there themselves and and still be able to manage to have another life. You know, I mean, I know very very few people in, you know, the comic book or, you know, convention community who that's their professional job you know what i mean most everybody's got a nine to five or doing something else somewhere else so well you kind of have to i mean your your day job is the one that allows you to sleep at night so that you're well rested for the you know the comic creating part unless you're born of the demon spawn of cthulhu like dirk manning or some kind of thing like that you're uh (laughs) you know you got to keep it rolling so but yeah it's i mean even this podcast thing like obviously well there's very few professional podcasters out there (laughs) you know podcasting is one of the things that uh i don't want to say is you get the least amount of reward for your input but maybe the the least tangible amount you know what i mean so but it was it was like for me in the beginning like when i was younger i wanted to be a filmmaker and uh, i wanted to be an artist and due to whatever happened in life uh you know, it didn't turn out that way. And, uh, but now that, you know, there's things like podcasting, they can totally help to fulfill like any creative outlets. Like I used to love to edit and now, you know, editing a podcast is just as much fun as recording it for me. So, you know, I see where you're going from coming from with, uh, you know, it takes time to, to get back and find the time when you got life's busy, you know, especially you said you had kids, Steve. No, no, I I am childless, uh, thankfully at the oh. moment. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I have put that two. off. For oh, a that was you. Sorry, Travis. I heard yeah, one of you mention you. I it's, have two. It's fun, one, isn't it's it? Coming up, yeah, it's great, man. I wouldn't change it. Honestly, having the children, uh, having my first child was a huge boon to my productivity. And every time I tell people that, they're like, "What in the fuck are you talking about?" I How would agree, a hundred percent. But for me, what happened was I had the kid and suddenly my life became very regimented because it has to. And I realized how much time I spend frittering away doing nothing. Yes. Playing a video game (laughs) or watching TV or screwing around doing nothing. Yeah. And then once the kid shows up, you're so busy all the time. And then it was like. Man, I always was like, I would like to do this. Oh, it would be cool to do this. Oh, it would be great to do that. But I never did it because there was always something easier for me to do. So when the kid came, 
like all of those easy things just sort of like sloughed away as shit I didn't have time to do. Uh, you know, so it became like, well, if I really want to do this, then I have, you know, from nine o'clock till 1030 at night to work on scripts and do stuff and send things out to artists and put together pitch packages and all of these things. And so I actually started to do it. And then once I started to do it, some things started to happen and, you know, uh, stuff started to come kind of come together. And it was like, why didn't I do this 10 years ago? But then again, if I'd have done it 10 years ago, would it have worked out as well? Who knows? But I, uh, I so in a strange way, being so from. busy with the kids <laughs> yeah. kind of is what uh, is what sort of helped me become disciplined enough to actually create anything. And then you can't stop. You start getting so busy that you're like, and you're so desperate for that little time to just satisfy something within yourself that, yeah, you, you really learn to budget your time. And I do this other podcast with my friend Josh, and uh, <laughs> it's it's very loose. It's one we do that is very, very much just for fun, just for him and I to get together. And he's in Denver. I'm out here. And just a shit talk and have a good time type podcast, right? And uh, oh, yeah. we never go in with a topic or anything. We just get super, super stoned and talk whatever shit comes out of our <laughs> mouths. And uh, I can't tell you how many times I've fallen asleep just like before we did this podcast because I'll put the kid to bed at like say eight or nine and I'll pass out doing that. And then, you know, I'll wake up in the morning to a text from him saying, I, I guess we're not doing this tonight, you know? And it's like, <laughs> ah, God damn it. <laughs> you know? So it's, uh, yeah, you're so tired with the, with the kids running around, but uh, it's definitely worth it. But I hear you. It totally inspired me too. It totally like put a fire under my ass of, you know, just trying to create and create and create, you know what I mean? Yep, exactly. It It's sort of like, well, now you've got this thing that you really have to be responsible for, and uh, if you want to do, if you want to do anything, then you better do it because uh, you don't have that unlimited amount of time. So it'd be like, oh, it's cool. I'm gonna sit here and play through Bioshock the third time. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't have time for any of that stuff. <clears throat> you know, you're too busy doing this, so you can't put stuff off anymore. You just have to do it, and you know, and then uh, like really early on, I met. I met Dirk Manning, who whom you know, and um, you know he was he was really helpful uh, in kind of um, you know he he introduced me to a couple of artists. So I'm one of which uh, Grant Perkins uh, is a guy. He, he's done some work for Image, and he did some work with Dirk. Uh, and I've got a I've got a book coming out with him. Oh, cool. Um, and you know it, you just like get little opportunities to do this and little opportunities to do that and one thing leads to another and uh, next thing you know you're like spending you know four times a week you spend an hour by yourself at night and then that becomes the thing that you look forward to doing oh yeah absolutely it's uh it it grows before you know it with anything you do i mean i'm a big believer in hard work one of the things i do to test is laziness can't stand lazy people and a lot of that has grown out of just the job I've had and having grown up. I'm just, I'm totally turning into one of those cranky old mans who's like, God damn kids, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I just, I, it drives me crazy when I see laziness going on. So, you know, I, know a I, guys like that I the, fight for it now. Yeah. And, the, and the podcast <laughs> thing began, like me and my friends sat in a basement one night and we were big podcast fans. So one night we were all baked and we were like, let's do a podcast. So we hit record on the voice memos on my iPhone. And that was the first episode of An Elegant Weapon. 
and we talked about such bullshit. I think we talked about like Portuguese man of wars <laughs> and fucking whatever. I think Star Trek Voyager maybe was like the geekiest we got at that point. But it, it grew all of a sudden in, a, you know, two and a half, almost three years I've been doing it. Now I'm like booking tickets to Denver Comic-Con to cover press and I'm getting to hang out with guys like Mark McKenna and Ryan Stegman. It's like, what the hell happened? You know, just from a tiny little, hey, I think I'll try this, you know. So Yeah, I mean, that's, that's exactly where we were a year ago. I'm kind of cheating, though, because I would never, ever compare podcasting to actual comic book cre- creation because it's kind of a cheat. Like, all I got to do really is hit <laughs> well, record. Well, it's all the same in some, yeah. some way, shape, or form. Like, I personally <laughs> yeah, and, and, do a lot of editing because I like stuff like drops and music and sound effects and cleaning yeah, it up. That, and that's that, fun that, for me, right? <laughs> that's That process is fun. Where most podcasters, like, they hate the editing. You know? They're just like, just post the damn thing raw. It's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do. I really like po- – I listen to a ton of podcasts. Uh, I, I mean, I've listened to Elegant Weapon uh, oh, several cheers. times. Good times. Um, I, I listen to a ton of them. Uh, my co-host Devin listens to. He has this this thing he does through Snake Oil called uh, Big Dev's Pod Pod Docket. Is that what it's called, Devin? Pod Docket, and it's like ten a day. This guy like chugs through. Um, but I love the uh, the sort of immediacy of podcasting. You know that uh, it's just like sit down and then people sort of talk. I mean, you do have like I, like I really like Star Talk, which is a lot more like a radio show. Everything's kind of yeah. planned out and there's segments and whatnot. Yeah. But I really like the ones that are that are just sort of free form and everything is sort of you know just people talking about what comes up and then they follow conversations as they evolve naturally. Those exactly. are always yeah, the most. It could not be more free form than it is. Well, you could argue that our <laughs> snake oil is too free form. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty much how it is around here, too. I mean, you said you've heard before. So, I mean, once in a while, I'll come up with a fun little segment for something stupid, but it's more just to separate a topic I may want to talk about. But <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I like the freeform, too, because that's how, that's how it started. You know, that's how it began. I mean, when you really, you know, the big influences, or who are the big guys now, like the Kevin Smiths and the Joe Rogans, that's how it all started for me. And, anyone I knew was just getting into these conversations and being like, wow, this is so much more interesting than the radio, you know, and <laughs> giving it a shot. So, you know, there's a few that are out there actually uh, that are kind of segmented, but fun. I mean, Drunk on Comics, they're they're a good example of a, of a kind of freeform segmented podcast, you know. They have their segments, but they kind of discuss each segment in a freeform way, you know. It's not yeah, like exactly. just spewing they, they out the of... news. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They sort of do a, um, you know, they they know what topics they're going to hit, but they don't have like planned, you know, beats or anything. They're just each topic they bring up and then they chat. That's another one I listen to. We actually just did an interview with Derek uh, Saturday. Oh, nice. Good times. I, I just guest hosted two weeks ago. Oh, really? And uh, uh, I always get screwed up guest hosting that show because Derek will have me come on because he always pulls me out of the bullpen. I'm kind of like the fifth beetle, the fifth drunken beetle at this point. And uh, so I stepped in there the one You're week. You're the stoned beetle. Yeah, I'm totally the stoned beetle. And uh, and yeah, yeah. see, I'm so stoned I just totally forgot where I was going with that. Oh yeah, I had to be prepared for the podcast. And he's like, he sent me all these links and like of news and what was happening and what we're going to talk about. I was just like, oh god, I've got to do homework to do a podcast? Like... <laughs> 
totally yeah. not well, my style. <laughs> well, they they talk about a lot of like current events and comics. Yeah. You know, so that's a little bit different. You do have to actually pay attention a little bit. We don't we don't do so much of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they they talk mostly about current events. So you actually kind of do have to excuse me, follow along a little bit. It's it's uh, fun to too. too. I, I like that once in a while when uh, when I have to do that. And, and, you know, I'm expected to read a certain comic. Maybe a, it actually makes you maybe pay that little extra bit of attention. You know, so. But it's also super cool that I get so much of this. Like uh, my independent comic book exposure has you know just grown infinitely since I started doing this podcast because just the amount of people I've met and the amount of like review material I get my hands on. And just I've discovered some cool stuff. I wanted to to mention two other books, give a little shout out because they're not exactly in the vein of what you guys are doing because you're not taking like you're not actually taking Huckleberry Finn and putting him in this situation. It's just kind of an influence, right? It is an influence. And I, I, I you know, if you were somebody who was really maybe really into Huckleberry Finn, you might see little nods here and there, little little a little Easter egg here or there that I've. Okay. That I will have written in, but it, I mean, it by no means is it like follow the plot by any by any stretch or anything like that. It's just something that uh, the the idea behind it right, is something right. that I that I liked. Well, I like uh, I love a book called uh, from uh, Sean Von Gorman, and it's called uh, The Secret Adventures of Houdini. And basically, what he did is he he took Houdini and made him actually like a like a crime fighter. He's like a detective crime fighter. Yeah, honestly, you've got my you get you're gonna get my money just in the title alone. Oh, it's it's <laughs> that sounds fucking great. It is. It's it's a fucking amazing book. You got to check it out. And uh, it's it's literally that. It's Houdini like fighting like it's a little supernatural. It's kind of like uh, X Files Houdini maybe in a way, you know, like he's fighting other bad magicians kind of, and he uses his like powers and strength as a music, as a magician to like fight evil, you know, and he's like extra strong. So it's really cool. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah I'm going to have to look this up. And there's another one, uh, called Merrick and it's, uh, Oh, I'm totally blanking. I've had the guest on the show. I apologize. Whoever made Merrick, <laughs> uh, but it's, it's about, uh, what if the elephant man fought crime? <laughs> and it's very uh it's very uh the look of it is very mike mignola it's very hellboy looking oh yeah okay. so he's I, not like a he's I not like a, that guy. yeah he's not a decrepit like can hardly walk merrick like elephant man he's like a like a big beefy badass elephant man <laughs> and he goes around kicking ass so i just i love those ideas and i love those stories i'm a big old timey type guy you know what i mean so um yeah, I, I I am too. Um, are you familiar with uh, it's it's kind of a steampunky thing, but it's uh, the Boston Metaphysical Society comic. I've heard of this. I I haven't read it, but uh, I have heard of this and recently it's, from somewhere. It's written by uh, a woman named uh, Madeline Holly Rosing, and it is uh, you know sort of an early turn of the century. Uh, group and it's kind of like it's similar i guess it's like to bprd in a way you know in that they're the boston medical physical society and they're the you know bureau of paranormal research and development and okay, whatnot yeah, yeah but it's similar to that but it's like tesla is in it and oh, edison cool. is is in it <laughs> yeah, and you yeah, know things yeah. like that you i yeah you know, i think you might really like it 
That and she's awesome. actually she's actually really cool. She'd probably love to come on the show. Yeah, right should on. Look, you should look her up and, and get her. I definitely will. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I love that kind of stuff, man. It's exciting. I like uh also they did uh it's kinda manga s, but they did a they did a series called Steam Wars and it was steampunk version of Star Wars. Oh yeah, I've it, seen that. Yeah, yeah. That, really? had, had, had a few issues in the shop here. Yeah, super fun stuff. Um, uh, you just uh, Steve is just like his head is spinning, you know, because he owns a comic book store. So he's basically just like, if it's not Marvel or DC, no, no. Then... <laughs> Marvel <laughs> DC, I got it all. <laughs> I got it all. <laughs> no, it's... actually, Steve, Steve, to his credit, carries a absolute ton of of indie titles in the shop. There's a, I try to I try to give everything a chance. It's hard for, when there's so much out there. Even my guys, I I go to a, my LCS is called Altered States Comics here in Clarkson, Ontario, Canada. Shout out to those fellas, and uh, they're they're very good about taking recommendations. So I will I will often recommend things. Many of my friends' books are on the walls just because I've been like, get this, and they were like, <laughs> okay. So it's always Brad when you when you meet a purveyor of the comic books who is willing to give the little guy a spot on the shelf. You know what I mean? Well, if uh, you get in there, then send them to our Kickstarter. Uh, we have a great retailer's package. It's fifteen bucks, and you get a poster that is awesome and uh, five issues. Very nice. Um, why don't we do that before we wind things down? This has flown by. This has been good times. We'll uh, we'll have to cross pod with Snake Oil and. Uh have to do this again sometime but uh why don't you guys oh, lay out... are you going are you going to to motor city again this year hell yes are you kidding all right well we will be we'll, be we'll be at motor city um, perfect perfect we'll have some stuff there and i think Devin is coming down for the whole weekend we were thinking about maybe doing uh doing getting together with the drunk on comics guys and and one of the nights kind of getting together and getting some drinks and sort of setting up a whole uh drunken megapod yeah, do a megapod that every yes. and then everybody would get a recording and everybody could use it as like a bonus episode <laughs> or whatever and it'd just be like you know eight dudes sitting around or ladies yeah who oh knows? heck yeah yeah, yeah. Get lucky and, and right? kind of like have some drinks and do a megapod with I'm looking you know, at you cosmic I mean, casey <laughs> yeah she would do it for sure yeah that's a great idea well definitely i can't wait to go the only thing i'm worried about is whether they're going to have enough room for any fans to come into the actual event. Because <laughs> as it stands at this moment, that building is too fucking full of guests to put anybody in there. I, yeah, I, it's it's been getting bigger and bigger and bigger every year. Have you I noticed mean, that, though? Year, like, was... the amount of people. It feels like there's twice the amount of people that I would see at a fan expo, or like a big show, you know? Like, I, I can't believe how they're pulling it off. It's going to be unbelievable. Well, I think last year I heard that they had like 42,000 uh, paying weekend guests or, you know, uh, fans. It's fantastic. And that's that's uh, that's pretty huge. I mean, that's that rivals pretty much every other con except for San Diego, obviously, which is which well, is ridiculously weird for yeah, yeah. New York, which is which is the second most huge. And then there's a there's a couple that average like 60k. Well, Fan but, Expo in Toronto is uh, number three in the world. Thank you at 135,000. 
<laughs> oh wow! Does it get that big up there? Oh, well, we'll Expo. See, it, we're, it's the, not that far from Toronto. I'm always telling everybody what they're missing out. If you can't get to San Diego and you can't get to New York, come on well, up to Toronto. The problem is, is that you have to put all of your books on a raft and float it across the lake, <laughs> so you don't have to pay all of your profit in taxes coming back and forth. Oh, there's a bit of give and take there for sure. But uh, well, actually, last year was I would huge. Love to do Canada, I love Canada, and Toronto is one of my favorite cities to go to. Actually, it was so, a uh, huge Michigan contingent there this past year. I mean, Derek and Kevin of Drunk on Comics came up. Then you had uh, Tony Maiello, Jay Jaycott, Jay Foskett. Uh, someone else was here too. I can't remember, but Stegman was there. We all went out the one Saturday night, and it was like the whole Michigan gang just came up and took over Fan Expo. It was rad. What uh, what day? What day do they? Uh, when do they do that? It's the Labor Day weekend, which is tough for people sometimes because it's on the Labor Day weekend. But it is the Labor Day weekend, so it's like late August there, the twenty fifth or sixth weekend or whatever. It's four days. It's a mega event. And uh, actually, I have to shout out, this month, coming up very soon, kids, you all know it's going to be Toronto Comic Con on March 21st down at the Metro Toronto Convention Center. And on March 21st, that evening, I will be attending the 200th episode of Hollywood Babylon in Toronto. I cannot wait. It's a pod dream come true. So, Actually, that does sound pretty fucking awesome. Oh, I that would be sweet. Just dying, and the fact that they apparently, night... apparently, it is very easy to get Kevin Smith to come on your podcast. I think you just gotta see him. Like, if you can make eye contact with him <laughs> and point a microphone in in that eye contact, I think you can get him. Uh, I think what you need to do is. Like, if you can, well, are you sending them something for the shout out? Yeah, but I, I'm racking my brain over what to do. Yeah, you got to come up with something really clever yeah. for the shout out to do. You know, be who you are. They'll dig the Star Wars reference with the name of your podcast, do the podcast, be like, oh, Kevin, you know, I yeah. started doing this because of you. I want to suck your dick. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, all that shit. And then. Be like, listen, I've got some fucking the best Canadian buds, and I will smoke the fuck out of you if you give me a half hour on my podcast sometime yeah. while you're in Canada. Uh, it's worth a shot. What's the worst he's going to do? Say, fuck off, right? He probably wouldn't even <laughs> say that. You just probably would never hear back. And then and then at the very end, be like, uh, Ralph can come too, I suppose. <laughs> I think Seriously, I think if you add that, then you might have a chance. I Ralph can come to, I suppose. <laughs> I was going to get Al Pacino to tell my wife what a great ass she's got for you getting me the tickets for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's what I was thinking about. But uh, either way, yeah, it's going to be a good time. Or that. or that. They might be able to do that. So, guys, lay out all the info. Where can they find you? Where can they go to the Kickstarter? Oh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, kickstarter.com search up the river or search source point press or search uh, joshua werner that will take you right to it uh, there's a bunch of great rewards uh, we've got a whole slew of artists lined up to do uh, one-shot kick uh, sketch covers as we go um, a bunch of people from the mcc uh, tyler souls from killstration studios is doing one seth demoose uh, of uh, tales of mystery fame is doing one uh, keep an eye out for those. We'll be announcing them as the Kickstarter moves along. Uh, you can find uh, Up the River on Facebook, uh, just with Up the River. Uh, throw us a like. Uh, 
I'm on Facebook, obviously. You know, feel free to friend request me. I'm Travis McIntyre. It's M-C-I-N-T-I-R-E. Uh, on Twitter, at Team McIntyre1. And uh, let's see, what else do we got? Oh, uh, look up uh, Michigan Comics Collective, too. That's uh, michigancomicscollective.org uh, online. Feel free to drop us a, mes- a message. If you're a uh, creator in Michigan, you write pencil, ink, letter, anything like that, and you'd like to try to – or what? Or from Michigan? Yeah, or from Michigan. You don't have to live here right now, but uh, you have to have some kind of connection. Like, you know, your mom visited once or something. <laughs> uh, you know, and you'd like to try to get your foot in the door and get some uh, some work done and professionally published and out there in the world, then uh, drop us a line and let us, let us see what you've got. Um, and if you'd like to check out uh, anything, some other work of mine, I currently have a, a little short. It's uh, 50 cents for the digital download. It's on Drive Through Comics right now. Uh, uh, up and last time I looked, it was it was ranked number nine on their top ten. Uh, it was as high as three, and then it kept dropping. And once I got to nine, I stopped checking because I I didn't want to see it drop out. So it might not be there, but if you go to drive through and you search "step right up," you can check out some of my other stuff. Uh, and I'm on Facebook, uh, Steve Shar Art and Illustration, and on Twitter at at Stephen Shar. And that's Shar R. Shar R. S H A R A R. And Stephen with a P H. My, my, the proper spelling. Shar, rar, rar, rar. Sure. Yeah, there's a lot of R R's. It's my ex-wife's name was Shar. Really? Rar. Ha! Yeah. Was, are you sure it was not Steve Shar? <laughs> and by wife, you mean husband? Uh, are you of Persian descent, possibly? Uh, not anymore. And you're not <laughs> my ex-Persian whore wife. <laughs> also, uh, you know, change. if you're a huge fan of Elegant Weapon, uh, then you probably like good podcasts. But if you ever get tired of that, then uh, check out Snake Oil Comics. <laughs> good times indeed, which uh, hopefully if... Uh, you know, everything goes right. We'll be uh, podcasting in Poison soon, which is always good times. Uh, guys, seriously, I'm really looking forward to this book. I'm really looking forward to reading it. Uh, the art is fantastic. Pops off the page. Looks like everybody involved really put their 100% in. And uh, the story alone, it's uh, it's got me itching. So I'm looking forward to this. Kids, go to all those places that these uh, fine fellas just said. Or you can just go to www.anelegantweapon.ca and with this episode will be obviously posted all the wonderful links to these guys their kickstarters and such steve travis thank you so much for hanging out fortunately for us joshua werner is not a liar and it was a good time (laughs) (laughs) thanks a lot jay we really appreciate your time man that's all we're gonna have this week on an elegant weapon kids take it easy